we're talking to you about the kingdom of God. And uh, it's, it's really kind of a foundation getting us um, up to where we can talk more about the language of the kingdom and how to exercise faith and, and uh, what we need from the Lord. So uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, would you say it with me? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Let me just do a little quick review. Um, I talked to you last Sunday about the fact that the kingdom is very prominent uh, in the Gospels. In fact, the word kingdom or kingdoms is used about 160 times in the New Testament. And if you add to that another 120 times that the word king or kings is used, and by the way, they're inseparable. If you've got a kingdom, you've got a king. If you've got a king, you've got to have a kingdom. Otherwise, separated from each other would be a, uh, just a, a title and, and not an actual existence. So that's 280 times in the Scripture, in, actually in 260 chapters of your New Testament, that you're going to find something about the kingdom of God. That's better than one per chapter. Uh, sometimes you can read through the Word of God and read right over the top of something that you've read over and over and over, and still it just really never jumps out at you. And uh, I think this thing of the kingdom is, is one of those. I mean, we read about the teachings of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, and, and all of these things, the travels of Jesus, and we, we just we hit that word kingdom and just sort of run right over the top of it. Uh, I know during this 21 days of fasting and prayer, I've been going back through my New Testament, reading the Gospels through again, and underlining and numbering every time that the word kingdom is, is used. And I'm, I'm not two-thirds of the way through yet, and I've already at that 100 mark of the times that the word kingdom itself is used in the Scripture. For some reason... Although I've seen it over and over and over, I just never had it to jump out at me as, as strongly as it has recently. Um, and I, I want to show you from the Scripture itself why this is so important. First of all, let me make mention of the fact that it was very prominent in the ministry of Jesus himself. Let me give you some scriptures. Look at these, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. From what time? From the beginning of his ministry. Once he was announced to the world by John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Christ, and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When Jesus began his ministry, the first thing he began preaching was about the kingdom of God. Look at Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. What's he preaching? The kingdom. He's talking about a kingdom. Look at Luke chapter 4, verses 42 and 43. Now, when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place, and the crowd sought him and came to him, and he tried to, and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. Look at this. Because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. He was in one place, and the people said, Boy, we're, we are enjoying having you with us. We're enjoying the miracles that you're doing. We're enjoying your teaching, your preaching. And, and would you just stay with us? And Jesus said, No, no, I can't do that. I've got, I've got a mandate from my heavenly Father to take this gospel of the kingdom to other places. And then notice he said, For this purpose... This is the purpose of my preaching is to preach the kingdom of God. You say, well, preacher, I thought the purpose of Jesus coming into the world was to give his life a sacrifice for our sins. You're correct. That's exactly the purpose for his coming. 
But he's talking here about the purpose of his ministry and his preaching, what he wants to preach to them and teach to them so it will continue after he has sacrificed his life and gone back to heaven. He wants this to go on. He said, this is the purpose of my preaching is to preach the kingdom of heaven. Remember John chapter 3, verse 3, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So even on a personal level, when Jesus was talking, Nicodemus came to him by night. He was a ruler of the synagogue, and he came to Jesus and wanted him to expound more uh, on what he was talking about. He talked to him about being born again, but he said this is necessary. And the reason it's necessary because this is the only way you can get into the kingdom of God. Now, not only was the kingdom of God prominent in the ministry of Jesus, but it was also prominent in the early church. Let's look at the book of Acts, beginning at chapter 1. Remember, Acts is the history book of the New Testament and the New Testament church. The first three verses, Dr. Luke is writing here. He said, the former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So even after the resurrection, Jesus continues to preach and to teach his disciples about the kingdom of God. It carries right on through the New Testament, right on through the book of the Acts of the Apostles, because the apostles took up the ministry of Jesus, took up the message of Jesus, and their message was the kingdom of God. Look at this. In Acts chapter 19, I think it was the city of Ephesus there where uh, the apostle Paul was preaching. It says in verse 8, and he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Three months, the apostle Paul preached on the kingdom of God in one church. Three months. So, um, Listen, folks, if, if a few weeks seems like a long time for me to say on the same subject, just remember if Paul was here, he'd preach it a lot longer than I will. He preached it there three months. Well, look at this, Acts 28, 30, and 31. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all that came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Two years he preached to everybody that came to him about the kingdom of God. So let me ask you the question this morning. Do you understand that the kingdom of God is very prominent in the New Testament? Do you, do you get that? Everybody get that? I'm not going to have to. I'm not going to have to spend any more time trying to prove that. I'm a, you, everybody understand it. You receive that. You get it. It's there. If you don't believe it, do the same thing I'm doing. Read through the four gospels and underline every time you come to the word kingdom, and put a number up there beside it. How many times that is, and you you'll you'll see that the kingdom of God is the message of the gospels and of the New Testament. Now, last Sunday morning, I talked to you about, uh, and from the text verse, and I hope everybody remembers that, Matthew chapter 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. I talked to you about the fact that the first thing that we ought to seek in our prayer life, if we've been born again, if we're children of God, then we ought to seek first the kingdom of God. We talked about that last Sunday ought to be the first thing that we pray. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Before they prayed about their daily bread, before they prayed for victory over temptation, 
before they prayed for anything else, Jesus taught them to pray exactly what he said in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. And so when he taught them to pray, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We should seek first the kingdom of God. I really keyed on all of that. This morning I want to key in on the second part of that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You got that? Don't just seek the kingdom. Seek the kingdom first, but also seek his righteousness. Because if you just seek for the kingdom of God, then, then you're, you're not putting yourself into the participation in the kingdom of God. So seek not only the kingdom of God. We want the kingdom of God to come on this earth. We want the will of God to be done on this earth. But we also want the righteousness of God to be done in our own lives. And we need to seek that first. We need to seek his righteousness. Why? And I'm going to give you the because. A couple, three things here. First of all, the righteousness of God affects everything that we do. If we're living a righteous life, it will affect in a positive way everything that we do. Several years ago, well, probably two decades ago, Tony Evans came to Augusta for the first time and had a big meeting in the James Brown Arena, Civic Center, whatever you want to call it. And um, I was there. He continues to come back about every four, five, six years. And uh, I love to hear Tony Evans preach. He's he's just a favorite of mine and uh, love to read his works. And uh, um, he has a great ministry in Dallas, Texas. Uh, the church that he pastors there is a great church and he has a great ministry called the urban alternative and um, just a phenomenal preacher well that very first meeting he was here he he shared something in his sermon that night that I wrote down and um, I don't remember everything that he preached in his sermon but he 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 did this little this little ditty that I want to share with you I wrote it down, so let me just read it exactly like he said it. He said, the fact is that if you're a messed up person and you have a family, you're going to contribute to a messed up family. And if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family and your family goes to church, then your messed up family will contribute to a messed up church. And if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, and your church is in a neighborhood, then your messed up church will lead to a messed up neighborhood. And if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, and your neighborhood resides in a city, then your messed up neighborhood would result in a messed up city. And if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, resulting in a messed up city, and your city resides in a county, then your messed up city will cause a messed up county. And if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, resulting in a messed up city, residing in a messed up county, and your county is part of a state, then your county will help create a messed up state. But that's not all. If you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, resulting in a messed up city, residing in a messed up county, helping to create a messed up state, and your state is part of the country, then your messed up state will help produce a messed up nation. Now, if you're a messed up person contributing to a messed up family, contributing to a messed up church, leading to a messed up neighborhood, resulting in a messed up city, residing in a messed up county, helping to create a messed up state and helps produce a messed up nation, your nation's part of the world, your messed up country will leave us with a messed up world. And that's a fact. So here's the kicker. If you want a better world composed of better countries, inhabited by better states, made up of better countries, counties, countries, composed of better cities, inhabited by better neighborhoods, illuminated by better churches, made up of better families, then we need to become better people. Amen? So it all starts with personal responsibility. 
So Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the people of God need to be seeking for the righteousness of God. And they need to take it personal. Listen, folks, where we are on God's calendar of time indicates to me that there is absolutely no time to keep playing around. It's time to get out of this lukewarm state and either get on fire for God because he said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'm just going to spew you out. You make me sick. So God wants his people to get on fire. And if we get on fire, we're going to have to take seriously this thing of sin and how to overcome it and become righteous after the standard of God's word. So we need to seek first the righteousness of God in our own personal lives. We need to seek to be like Jesus, in other words. You see, the second reason why we should do this is because God's kingdom has an agenda, and that agenda is a righteous agenda. In other words, there is coming a time, according to the Scripture, this is prophetic from the Word of God, God said it, so it's coming to pass. There's coming a time when the righteousness of God is going to cover the earth just like the waters cover the sea. That's a, that's a prophecy from the Word of God. That time is coming. Because you see, God is the one ultimately that is in charge. You need to understand that. It's still His world. He created it. He made it. He's in charge. And His righteousness. So if we're going to be a part of that, then we need to seek the righteousness of God. Stop trying to hang on to Jesus with one hand and the world with the other hand because it just makes you miserable. It's time for the church to turn loose of the world and get a hold of Jesus with both hands and go after him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's where we are today. Here's the great conflict. If you and I try to live in God's world and at the same time rebel against God's kingdom and God's standard and his agenda for his kingdom, we're going to have trouble in every area of our lives. The fact is we don't really break God's law. They break us if we get in conflict with them. They're, they're sure and steadfast. You, 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 wouldn't be any, you wouldn't be any more foolish to, cry, to climb to the, to the top of this church building and jump off and defy the law of gravity than you would be to try to defy the laws of God and be happy at the same time. It just doesn't work. You jump off of a building and try to defy the law of gravity, you're going to get hurt. And the reason there's so much pain and misery in this world today is because there are people that think that they can run the show, live their own life, do as they please, defy God, shake their fist in the face of God and say, I'm my own boss, I'll do what I please and think they can get by with that and still be happy. It does not work. It won't work. It'll never work. You're defying laws that are set in place and they're sure and steadfast and they're not going to change. They're just not. Way back in the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy, God spoke to the children of Israel. He gave him a verse of scripture that's very apropos for us today as well. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you death, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Here's what God said. So here it is. It's this simple, folks. This is, it boils down to what I'm fixing to tell you right here. You, you get this, you got the whole thing, just as simple as it can be. God said, here is life, here is death. Here is blessing, here is cursing. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Now, you would, you would think 
as elementary and as simple as that is that everybody would say, I choose life. But they don't, do they? I don't understand why. Let me ask you this morning. Would you rather have life or would you rather have death? That's a no-brainer. Would you rather have blessings or would you rather have cursings? That's another no-brainer. <laughs> but God doesn't stop there just in case. There are some people that read this and they're a little dense. And they don't know which one to choose. God said, let me help you. Choose life. I mean, come on. Choose life. And that's the way it is with the kingdom today. There's a kingdom of light. There's a kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of Satan. It's as clear and simple as that. You would think everybody would say, the blessings are here, the curses are here. You would think everybody would line up for the blessings. But just in case you're in too big a fog to see how clear the decision is, let us help you from the Word of God this morning. Choose life. It not only affects you, but he said that you may live and your descendants may live. You're, it's affecting your posterity. It's affecting their children, your children's children, generations to come. It's, they're going to be affected by the choice that you make right here. And you know that. Some of you have been in serious counseling if you've had a good counselor, you know that some of the stuff you deal with in life is because of the things behind you. Some of them come from the environment that you lived in. and Some of them just came from heredity. Yeah, yeah. But what your parents did affected, affects you. What your grandparents did affects them that affects you. And what the great-grandparents did affected their grandparents and their, your parents and affects you. And, and here it goes. So why not choose life? By the way, you can reverse those curses from the past. I've testified many times about my dad who was an alcoholic until he was 40 years old, spent time in the Atlanta penitentiary, lived a horrible life, served the devil with everything that was in him, smoked five packs of Lucky Strike cigarettes before they had filters a day and, and drank when it rained and when it didn't rain. He said, that's the only two times I drank, when it rained and when it didn't rain was a habitual gambler, was a womanizer, lived for the devil, hurt people, did stupid things. But glory to God, there came a day that he heard the gospel and it got to his spirit. And he said, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to change this thing. And he went to the altar and gave his heart and life to the Lord. God set him free immediately, delivered him from alcohol, delivered him from cigarettes, delivered him from gambling, delivered him from womanizing, turned his life around, changed his life. Praise God. So because of that, thank God he didn't get married and have me before then. <laughs> when I was a little boy, my Everybody thought my daddy was my granddaddy because my daddy was past 40 when I was born. But that's all right. I'd rather him be called my granddaddy and live with that man than I would have that unregenerate man and all the violence and the sin and the corruption that was before him. So you can make a choice this morning. You can change your whole family history going forward in advance. By getting in the kingdom of God. And that's the choice that we have to make. And the Lord, the Lord wants you to make that choice. Now, now you see, and I, I read a verse of scripture to you a while ago, but when Jesus was talking to, to Nicodemus and talked to him about being born again, here's the thing, folks. When you were born again, 
When you were born again, your spirit had a rebirth. The blood of Jesus washed away your sins, and you were regenerated. It was like you were regened. You now have the DNA, glory to God, of heaven. You were born with an old sinful nature, but praise God, you were born again with the nature of God. You're now an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He's your elder brother, literally. You're now the seed of Abraham under the promises of God, the blessings of God, the kingdom of God. All of that became yours when you got born again. Go ahead and give him praise for that if you're thankful. You are now in the kingdom of God. But it doesn't stop there. That was a beginning point. He didn't, he didn't bring you into the kingdom so you can just sit down and fold your arms and say, well, praise God, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. Sing your come by and wait for death to take you on to heaven. No, 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 no. It, it goes beyond that. You see, in God's kingdom, I want you to see God's kingdom. God's kingdom is a shared kingdom. And it's a shared kingdom because God chose to share it. God made everything. God made the whole universe and, and, and beyond. In fact, <laughs> one of those discovery when they sent it out there to take some pictures and thought it just kept going and kept going and kept sending pictures back and it kept just blowing scientific what they thought was facts just out of the water they had to keep changing it and changing it and changing it and said you know that now there's something like 400 billion galaxies in our in our solar system wow and 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 now and now they've they've peeked out there and found a little hole in that in that thing and they they're believing now that that it, through that hole that they can see out they're they're from what they can see the scientists are now estimating that there are three trillion universes beyond this one with its 400,000 galaxies that they didn't even know about. My goodness. It just keeps going and going and going, and it's expanding. It blows my mind. It's beyond what I can comprehend, but it's expanding. And I, I, I knew that from years ago when, I, when the Lord gave me revelation on that verse of Scripture in Isaiah prophesying about Jesus where it says, and the increase of his kingdom, there shall be no end. It just keeps going and going and going. Now, here, you, there's three things you got to have when you've when you got a kingdom. First of all, it has to be a ruler. That's the king I mentioned a while ago. There has to be a ruler. In, in God's kingdom, God is the ruler glory to god however god in his infinite wisdom mercy when he made you and me in his own likeness and image he said here's what i want you to do i'm going to run i'm going to run the universe and all that stuff out there that you can't yet see or understand or comprehend yet but on planet earth where i'm putting you to start to multiply to replenish i'm going to I'm going to invite you in. All, all you got to do is read Genesis chapter 1. In fact, if you got Genesis 1 and 2 and you got Revelations, the last two chapters of Revelations, this is the will of God for the whole kingdom of God. And everything else, all this chaos between is stuff that Satan has caused. But, but, but the whole thing, it started off with God creating man in his own image, and then he gave him dominion. Remember, dominion speaks of kingdom. That's the kingdom rule. And God gave that to Adam. Adam was the prototype. He was the first man. Adam, all of us were to look like Adam and be like Adam. 
And I don't have time. I'll spend some more time and, and another time talking to you about um, all of the brain power that he lost and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just amazing. It's a fascinating study. But, but Adam named all of the species of everything on earth and remembered them. I mean, he just, his, his ability, and he had dominion over all of that. Dominion. He, to, to summarize it, you can look at Psalms chapter 8. The psalmist said, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. He said, When I consider the heavens, the works of your fingers, and the moon and stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visit him? You've made him a little lower than the angels, but you've crowned him with glory and honor. You gave him dominion over the beast of the field, over the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. In other words, God said, okay, here you are. And then he ended up with another glory to God. He said, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. But but you, you see our dominion. God said, here, Adam, you can have dominion over everything in the sky, over everything on the earth. And over everything in the ocean, under the earth, you, dominion. I want you to help me rule earth. I'll take care of the rest of the, all that stuff out there. But, but I, I want you, in fact, I'm, I'm just going to give you dominion. That's, that's yours. You run it, you rule it. And Adam did until he sinned, committed high treason against heaven, turned dominion over to Satan. And so man fell. And, and man has lived and struggled with that fallen state all these years. And remember, you've got to have a ruler to have a kingdom. Then you've got to have a realm. That realm is the, the area that you have dominion over. And this is the earth. This is where God. And even though Adam fell, glory to God, 2,000 years ago, God sent his only begotten son who became incarnate in human flesh and dwelt among us. And he became the second prototype. And where the first prototype failed, the second prototype succeeded. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He, yeah, give him praise. He's worthy of it. He did it. And so he now has dominion. He's taken back that dominion, and now he shares it with us. We, Lord, we didn't get it under Adam, but we get it back under Jesus Christ. And, and, and then you've got to have rules. This is what guides the, the kingdom, the rules of God. You see, God's kingdom, folks, transcends everything. It transcends time. It transcends uh, space. It transcends politics. It transcends denominationalism. It transcends cultures. It transcends society. It transcends everything. In fact, let me tell you about this kingdom, how long it's going to last. Look at Psalms 145 and 13. Your kingdom, talking about God's kingdom, is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Glory to God. This kingdom's never going to end. Now, God said, don't just, don't just sit there with your arms folded and be a part of the kingdom and wait till you die so you can go to heaven he said roll up your sleeves and and help me run this thing glory to god you see through jesus christ folks we have dominion now not just most of the time when we think about ruling the kingdom of god we we throw that way out there into the millennial kingdom thousand year reign with jesus on this earth no no no, no. it starts now in fact we're in school now we're learning we're 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 getting ready we're getting experience to help run this whole thing with god we're, we're gonna <laughs> the expanse of the kingdom of god is going to go on from from everlasting to everlasting it's never going to stop our minds can't comprehend it, but it's, it's going to continue to explode. I, I, don't, I don't know how far it's going. I don't know. I, I just don't know. 
I, I think God's probably uh, sitting up in his heaven with, it, with the, the whole space up there saying, come on up, whoever's, whoever's first up here, you, you get to help rule it. I, you, you say, preacher, you're getting off into science fiction. Well, listen, there's a lot of stuff we call science fiction a few years ago. It's reality now, right? This is, this is not as way out and extreme as you think. I, I, I want to be a part of that. I, folks, you have no idea. If, if we will go ahead and get in school now in the kingdom of God and prepare ourselves, you have no idea what God may put you over. When we, because we're going to be the first ones up there. Yes, sir. Amen. The rapture is going to take place. We're getting out of here. We're going to do better than an airplane ride. We're going to have a plane air ride. We're getting out of here. We're going. Amen. Gabriel's going to blow his horn and we're going to go. He's going to toot and we're going to scoot. I mean, we, glory to God. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. We're getting ready to rule and reign with Jesus. And we start right here and right now. If you'll let go of the world and get a hold of God with everything that's in you, part of the kingdom, the, the, the basis of, the, of being a, a ruler and having dominion in the kingdom of God is loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Folks, it's time to get on fire for God. If you do, God is going to give you in the here and now, not in the hereafter, but in the here and now. He's given you dominion over the world, over the flesh, and over the devil. There's some of you sitting here this morning. Last week, I challenged you to, to deal with this thing of worry. <laughs> some of you really have a problem with that or have had a problem with that. Let's put it in the past. And I told you last Sunday, you may not be able to just stop worrying, but at least you can stop worry saying. Remember that? Jesus said, don't worry saying. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we put on? Wherewithal shall we live? So stop saying it. I hope you did that. I've had some people come to me and they took it serious and they're working on that. Had a lady stop me after the first service. She said, Preacher, you just can't believe how God has helped me this week and has confirmed. She said, I've, I've been a worrier. It's been in my family for years. And she said, I've surrendered that to God. And every time worry tries to overtake me this week, she said, I've just released that to God. And I've declared with my mouth, I will not worry. I will not speak fear. I will not speak worry. I will not speak doubt. I will not. I stand on the word of God. And she said, God has given me miracles this week. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I want to I challenge you this week. Listen carefully. I want to challenge you. How many of you, again, been born again? Just raise your hand. You, you've been born again. You know you're saved. Hold them up real high. You know you're saved. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. All right? You're in the kingdom. Now, let's start living like kingdom kids. Let's turn loose of the world. Let's quit worrying and living in doubt and fear and unbelief. And let's get a hold of God with everything that's in us. And I want to challenge you this week, whatever it is, some area of your life, find some area of your life that the devil just keeps coming at you and stealing from you and take it back. Take it back. I, whatever it might be for you, it may be your health. You may need to just climb up on the word of God and say, Satan, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of this tabernacle. And you do not have the right to put sickness and disease on me. I've allowed it, but I'm stopping it today. I'm declaring based on the word of God that he was wounded for my transgressions, that he was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. 
and I'm taking that into my body, and you might as well just get your glimy hands off of me and get out because you, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I'm, I'm going to praise God for it. Some of you, it's your children. You, you just, you get in fear and you're tormented because your children are not living right or you, and you're, you're afraid they're going to mess up and you're, you're afraid that their lives are going to be ruined. You're afraid that they're not going to make it to heaven. You need to draw a line in the sand and say, no, sir, I'm not worrying about that anymore. I'm not fearing that anymore. I'm turning that over to God. I'm a child of the king. I have dominion over that. I raise my children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. I declare the righteousness of God over my children. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and all unrighteousness and I'm calling my children into the kingdom of God <laughs> calling them in calling them in calling them in maybe your finances some of you seem like you just start to get ahead and some catastrophe happens and you get ripped right back down and, and no siree you don't have to put up with that anymore glory to God Philippians 4.19, still in the Bible. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, let me tell you, as a child of the king, as a kingdom kid, as one living with dominion and authority, you don't go begging God for these things. God's already done everything that God's going to do for all of these things. That's why Jesus told us we don't have to worry about it anymore. What we've got to do is stand on the Word of God, get our faith strong in the Lord, and begin to praise the Lord for it. Glory to God. Did, 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 have you noticed in the New Testament when those, when those apostles and, and deacons and prophets and all those people in the New Testament were confronting situations, they weren't begging God to do anything. They, just, they were just proclaiming the Word of God. Peter and John, when they went up to the temple, run into a lame man that was laying there begging alms. They didn't, they didn't pray over him and say, oh, God, please heal this man. Please heal this man. No, they said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They just took the powerful, mighty, strong name of Jesus. And you have as much right to take the mighty, strong, powerful name of Jesus as Peter and John did. Glory to God. You were saved by the same blood bought with the same price, filled with the same Holy Ghost, anointed with the same power of God, belong to the same family. Jesus is your elder brother. Glory to God. You've got as much right to use it as they did. Stand with me, please. Glory to God. <laughs> the first prototype, Adam, failed, but the second succeeded. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 to 22 but now christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of all those who've fallen asleep for since by man came death by man also came the resurrection of the dead for as in adam all die even so in christ all shall be made alive here's the life that we are supposed to be living it's found in john 10 10 Thief comes not but for to kill and steal and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We're supposed to be walking victorious over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Amen. We're supposed to be walking victorious over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hallelujah. Part of that is just learning to praise the Lord for what he's already done. And believing it with all of our heart and taking actions of faith that demonstrate that you believe what he said and you're walking in it by faith. Anybody willing to do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Here's what I want you to do. I, 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 want you, I want you right now to just practice so you, be, you can do this all week long. I want, you to, I want you to just go ahead and whatever that area of life is that you keep, seem to keep stumbling over. Now, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I probably got you standing a little bit too quick, but let, let me mention this before we do what we're fixing to do. One of the reasons 
that so many people are defeated is because they listen to the accusation of Satan and they identify with their mistakes and their failures. The Bible says, how many of you, again, you've been washed in the blood of Jesus? You okay? The Bible says that when, when he washed our sins away, when we were born again, we had that new birth. We are literally, our, our, we have a reborn spirit. We're, we're not, we, were, we were born in the natural into sin. We had that Adamic nature of sin. And when we became born again, our spirit man, and we still live in this flesh, we have the, the old soulish part of our nature, but our spirit man has been reborn in the image of Jesus. And the Bible says that we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've got to identify with that. That's who you are. When he changed your DNA and you became a child of God, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Positionally, that's your identity. Now, are you... Are you going to make some mistakes along the way? Yeah. Are you going to fail? Probably. In, in fact, I don't, probably nobody in here has ever just lived perfect since you got saved, never made another mistake, never made another failure. I only heard about one person that ever did that. A preacher was preaching one time to his church and he said, everybody in here has made a mistake. I don't know a single, is there a perfect person here? Nobody raised their hand. He says, does anybody know a perfect person? And an old man in the back of the church raised his hand. And it shocked the preacher. He said, you know somebody that was perfect? He said, yeah. He said, who was it? He said, it was my wife's first husband. <laughs> he probably heard that a lot. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're not perfect. But here's what happens. When we mess up, the devil gets us to change our identity and we accept his lie and see ourselves as a failure, as one who's full of mistakes. Okay. We don't see ourselves like God sees us. God's already made provision for that. We, we, use, we use the Scripture in 1 John 9 sometimes on sinners. That wasn't written to sinners. That was written to saints. He said, it's God's will that we not sin. But if we do, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, that unrighteousness tries to get on us, we, we just get it off. We, and, it, and it's that quick. We just confess it. Lord, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. I failed. I came short. I ask you to forgive me for that. It's a, it does not change your identity. It does not change your standing with God. You're still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Don't let the devil try to pull your identity over here and make you think you're a failure. And so here's, here's what I want us to do this I want us to practice it this morning. I want you to think of that area of your life where you've made a lot of mistakes and a lot of failures and the enemy just keeps trying to pull you back. Or maybe it's something you're worrying about or something you're fearful of. Sometimes that has deep roots, fear, condemnation, shame, something out of your past that keeps pulling you back. And I want you this morning, before we leave here, I want you, if you're comfortable, raise your hand. I want you to just raise your hands, and I want you to declare. I want you to declare out of your mouth. Say it. Speak it out. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. He shares his dominion with me over this world. And this world and the things that I've been worrying about are, are part of the world and I'm, I've got dominion over it. So it's not going to bother me anymore. 
and then just go ahead and tell the devil, you, you have no right in this part of my life any longer. It's over. It's over. Drawing a line in the sand this morning, it's over. You're not crossing this line. It's the bloodline, and I'm a child of God. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and I'm claiming my inheritance. Part of my inheritance is the health of my body. Part of my inheritance is the, is the prosperity of my life. Part of my inheritance is my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and, and future generations in the kingdom of God. Satan, you're not having my family. You're not having my life. You're not having me. I'm declaring today, glory to God, I'm a child of the king, and I'm going to live like a king's kid. Go ahead. Speak it out to God this morning. Declare it right now. Declare what you need, whatever it is. If it's a better job, declare it. If it's a raise on the job you got, declare it. Hallelujah. 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 Ah, uh, yes, sir. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody's going to get it this morning. Somebody's going to go ahead and speak it out. Somebody's going to be bold enough and daring enough and defiant enough against the devil that you're going to go ahead and speak it out. You're going to go ahead and declare it. You're going to go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Right where you are. Go ahead. If you get it this morning, exercise your faith. If you get it, speak it out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, the wind is blowing. The church is changing. God's getting his people ready for what's about to come on this earth. And we're going to rise above it. And we're going to, glory to God, move in the authority of the word of God. Glory to God. Now start praising the Lord today. Start praying. Lord, we praise you this morning. Lord, we praise you this morning. Lord, we thank you this morning. <laughs> Somebody's getting healed right now. Lord, I thank you right now in Jesus' name. The healing virtue of Jesus is flowing through my body. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want the prayer team to come quickly. Those that are going to help us at the... The, the prayer team, the, 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 come come quickly if you will. If you if you have a need for prayer, you want somebody to join you in prayer and believe with you. These folks are here. While Brother Steve sings this song, I want you to come and just believe God for whatever it is you need. And if you're standing here, just sing this song with Brother Steve and believe God that your needs are going to be met. Glory to God. Part of the kingdom of God. Part of the kingdom of God. I'm a king's kid. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a king's kid. Glory to God. I belong to the king. I belong to the king. Hallelujah. Bless you, Brother Steve.